When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is May 31st, and this is the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. Welcome to the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. My name is Evan Marinovsky. Hope you guys are having a great day. Had a great Memorial Day weekend. Maybe you did something fun for it. Maybe you went to the beach. It was beautiful out. Maybe you maybe you were working. I was working all Memorial Day weekend, so no shame in that. Uh, but anyways, uh, on this episode of Bruins Beat, Connor and I are reunited after Connor did his solo Poke the Bear episode last week. But we are reunited, and we, are ha- we handed out grades. End of season grades. Everyone always loves this. How did everybody do this year? Uh, and we ran through each guy, gave them a grade, explained why. Uh, we do this at the end of every single season, at least we have since I've been hosting this show. Um, so, yeah, always fun to do. Connor was on. Connor was great, as he always is. Uh, and remember uh, to always go support our friends over at Bet Online. Use that promo code CLNS50 to get a 50% cashback bonus on your first deposit. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Connor Ryan. And we're here with Connor Ryan. Connor, what is up? Evan, I'm doing okay. I'm fighting, uh, fighting a cold, flu, something ah. like that. So I am gutting through it. It's what most of my most of my holiday weekend was. But I am here recording the pod. I'm happy to be here. How are you doing? I'm doing better. Uh, I feel bad saying that, but it is true. I, I just landed from Atlanta. Uh, so I'm right off the flight. That's why we're recording this like late at night, as you can tell, it is dark uh, behind me, but had a fun time in Atlanta, got to see the uh, NHL on TNT studios and work there and go to a Braves game and do kind of all the Atlanta things. I will disappoint you, Connor, though. There's one thing I didn't have the chance to do. There's one thing. One I thing I asked you to do, Evan. It's one I thing I asked you. I didn't get to go to Waffle House. You're killing me. You're killing I didn't me. get to go. And I'll tell you why I worked all I worked every day like day eight to four and then at night would all go do things and then i'd be have to get back up so waffle house that's what that's when you go to waffle house you go at like 4 a.m i know i know but i didn't get to do it that was the one thing that was my one regret back more reason to go back that's my one regret didn't get to hit waffle house unfortunately um but yes good times in atlanta fun times um very fun city 
you've been, uh, I had never, uh, but it was a really great time. Nice area. Um, a lot of cool spots and the Braves was very fun. So good times, good, good times. One piece of Bruins news broke. I think as I was getting on the plane, uh, or I, right after I had landed and I said, Oh, great. I can't wait for the Bruins to have something really major happen. And I'm just down there or, you know, whatever, uh, with that, but, uh, Brad Marchand, uh, out for six months due to, uh, undergoing an, uh, arthroscopy and, uh, labor repair on both hips. As you can tell, I have not said that out loud since, since that news broke. Boy, we don't get paid uh, the big bucks, Evan. We're not doctors. Yeah. <laughs> We're not the doctors. We're just here to report what's happening. Um, recovery is six months. That's not great. That's really not great. And when you think about the prospect of Patrice Bergeron potentially retiring, and you would start the season without those two, that's really bad. It's not great, Evan. No. And it's one thing where I think people were excited expecting Marshall was going to miss some some time this offseason with some sort of procedure. He talked about the fact that he had an AC joint injury, which he got, I think, from that Hathaway hit. Uh, you look at uh, Sweeney mentioned the fact that they might have to address the, the hip surgery, whether it be this offseason or the next summer. Um, so if, if you're the Bruins, yeah, it's a tough hit. Obviously, it's something that's necessary if it has to be done. I mean, when you mentioned two procedures on two different hips at the same time, quite the uphill climb in terms of coming back from that, but obviously something that was clearly bothering him. You hope that it's kind of the, a similar situation as that sports hernia surgery he had, where it was something that was plaguing him for years and years. And it, you know, eventually he benefits from it, but I don't know, man, hip surgeries. It's those are the scary ones. It's almost like when you see like in basketball, like a guy who's been at an elite level for a while. And then all of a sudden it's like a Achilles or a, a knee injury or something like that. And that's not to say that their careers were over. And like, if anyone would uh, surprise, wouldn't surprise me in terms of bouncing right back, it'd be a guy who takes care of his body and works out like crazy, like Marshan. But still, like, you don't want to see your 33, 34 year old, you know, franchise winger have, you know, two hip surgeries in the span of a day, the same day, more or less. Right. So uh, definitely concerning if you're the Bruins. Um, and yeah, they're already kind of uh, in a tough spot going into the year where you don't know what's happening with Bergeron, but if he's not in the picture and Martian's out until Thanksgiving, early December, uh, Bruins going to find some other areas to generate some offense because could be a rough go of it, especially in the first months of next season. I mean, it's May right now, right? So you got to think May, June, July, August, September, October. You also have to consider like he needs to have some kind of a training camp. It's not like he just right. is like, Oh, he's healthy. Let's start playing him in yeah. games feels like this could be something like November uh, that he comes back from and you start to think ahead and go, okay, well, can they sustain themselves offensively without him? Um, that we won't know that until uh, the off, until the off season is complete. So again, uh, really tough blow in that regard, I guess, good to see it maybe get fixed. But as you said, it's not a surgery that like, it's not like a broken arm or it's like, Oh, you're good now. You know, well, that's great. Like that's a hip. You need those to skate uh, very much. So, um today we are doing end of season player grades we are handing out our grades we are the teachers we're the professors sitting here handing out end of season grades is the only grades that matter you have something coming soon for bs you just released uh your grades correct for bsj if i'm not mistaken yes so i released forwards over the weekend and then we'll have uh defensemen and coaches and upper management will be coming out on tuesday so when this podcast drops this will include players. I did not include coaches or uh, general managers and uh, front office people. I didn't include that. Uh, but we'll go kind of first line, second line, third line, fourth line, and then we'll go D. 
goalies. We'll kind of run through it. Um, and this is always fun. I don't remember what our grades were for everybody last year. It'd be interesting to kind of compare them. Uh, mm-hmm. But for now, we got our, we got our grades for, for right now. So we'll start with the first line of Martian, Bergeron, DeBrusque. Uh, I gave Martian an A. I think he had a good season, you know, for what he what you expected out of him, what you got. Um, good season. Nothing wrong with that. I give him an A. Patrice Bergeron, I also give an A, right? I, I consider his age as a factor. I consider that um, he will most likely win his fifth Selkie uh, this season. Good all around with him. Nothing that was bad. A plus. I, I think A plus is like, a, like just you go to another <laughs> level of elite. Yeah. And Martian version were amazing, but I would not sit here and be like, oh, they were so much better than they've ever been. Uh, Jake DeBrusque, this was a tougher one. Gave a B plus. I gave Jake DeBrusque a solid B plus uh, because I consider the first half of the year kind of not so great. And then after the trade request, he actually was pretty resilient. And after that contract extension, he was pretty resilient. Um, and again, he produced for you in the playoffs. So for me, I give him a B plus. Now, what would you give your uh, the guys on the first line? Yeah, I give Bergeron an A. Um, I think, as you said, I think it will be a crime and uh, be a, just an unbearable stretch of the offseason if Bergeron does not win that fifth Selkie. I mean, it's whether it's the eye test of just, you know, seeing how great he is at disrupting plays, intercepting passes, all that stuff, or the underlying numbers, which if you want to delve into that, he had like one of the best seasons, like defensively from a forward since I think, I think it was Zetterberg in 07 in terms of like, I think goals, uh, you know, above, um, you know, goals, expected goals against uh, in terms mm-hmm. of what his numbers were. So you factor in that, you factor in the fact that he's still what 60 plus points in 70 games. Um, just another fantastic year for him. So I, I go with an A for Bergeron, who, if he does hang up his skates this summer, it's not going to be because his game is tailing off. He's still one of the best and should win that fifth Selkie. Uh, Martian, I'm going to give an A minus. Um, okay. If you ask me, in the first half of the year, going to January, I'd probably give him an A plus because he was, without a doubt, I think their MVP in that first half, um, kind of their sole kind of uh, conduit of offense in terms of what you're expecting. Second half, bit tougher, and whether that's the injuries adding up, um, you had the suspensions, which again, kind of surprised with how severe they were, but also some of those ones where you just can't be putting yourself in that spot. I mean, can't there be was doing some, shit. yeah, there was some times where. You know, when he was out of commission, they were really struggling to kind of string together points. And that's not to say that, you know, every point doesn't matter. But you look at kind of how this first round went up against Carolina. If anything could have been different of who they seeded or, or what have you, kind of those lulls uh, when Marchand was out of commission. Kind of you look back on them now and be like, we could have really used him for some of those stretches there where points were available. So um, but again, still look at his overall point production, what he means to this team, two way play. He's still an elite uh, first line talent. So a minus for me. And then like you, I gave DeBrusque a B plus, as you said, you know, lip, you know, held up his end of the bargain in terms of uh, running with that opportunity on the top line, becoming one of the few kind of consistent, even strength scorers. But uh, that first half, again, whether it's the public trade request, not talking about it, uh, just the lack of set production where it looked like the struggles from 2020, 2021 were carrying over once again. Um, kind of hurts his grade a little bit, but again, should be commended, I think, for the way he ended that year as uh, one of the few consistent, legit, uh, you know, weapons on offense for this team down the stretch. I mean, the fact that we're even sitting here being like, hey, you know, should Jake DeBrusque take his trade request back? Should the Bruins hope to not trade him? I think says everything about it, because if you went back in November would, and, and told us that would be, you know, talking about this in the future, you'd say we're crazy. So um, 
again, good, good second half by him enough to kind of get him. Uh, it's like an 89 or an 88 overall, I guess. Uh, I mean, grade wise, I don't mean like NHL 2022. I don't think he's an 89 overall in NHL 2022. Don't worry, everybody. Um, I'll let you handle the second line first. We can kind of go back and forth. Uh, Hall, Hall, Apostronach, what would you give each of them? Yeah, so Hall, I'm going to go with a B. Uh, I think maybe that could be a little uh, severe in terms of just kind of how he was for kind of that extended stretch in the second half. But you look at kind of the way he started. Um, where it was what? I mean, if we did these grades back in December, he'd probably have oh. like an F, right? I mean, in terms most of just what the production was. <laughs> yeah, most guys would. That is also true. Um, but I mean, all the credit to him for fitting in pretty well on that second line, really kind of being the, the you know, final, you know, the solution in terms of getting, dealing with kind of the biggest issue on this lineup, right? In terms of that 2C spot without David Krejci, Obviously, Charlie Coyle wasn't working there. So he he solved a lot of issues for this team in terms of a lot of headaches in terms of, you know, fitting into that 2C spot. Um, but again, you kind of look at the way his game tailed off again in the postseason. Should have been the seven-player award winner this year, Eric Halla, but still, I don't know if going into next year, especially if you want to contend, we'll see what happens. I don't know if Eric Halla can be your set 2C uh, going forward. So I have, have him as a B. Uh, Taylor Hall, I have as a B2, and I think you could probably make the argument it could be a B plus, uh, just because Hall is such an interesting case, right? Because when he's, I think, paired with the right people and put in the, the right situation, um, I think he's a guy that um, can be an impact player, can be your best forward on plenty of nights uh, as a, a guy that can help drive a line. But if he's not in that best spot or he doesn't have a center that plays to his strengths or doesn't have like an elite finisher, then I think it, you kind of hit those lulls with him where it kind of leaves you a bit frustrated in terms of the lack of production or, or anything like that. So I gave him a B, but I think the buy-in from him has been encouraging. Uh, you saw kind of how he played with Pasternak. I think you have to keep that duo together and whether it be, you know, him being candid about working more on a cycle game or his efforts to improve his defensive game. I think he's still uh, an important piece uh, to this puzzle as the Bruins kind of look to that next core uh, moving forward. So I give him a B then Pasternak, I give an a minus, which I think is probably due in large part to kind of that rough start that he had. Um, you know, I think it was nine goals in 30 games. So, I mean, plenty of credit to him to finishing the year with 40 goals. Right. Um, and obviously it was a very, very trying year for, for David Pasternak. Um, everything he kind of fought through and had to deal with. So, uh, Commendable for him to even just, you know, the day-to-day grind of, you know, being an NHL hockey player and dealing with that, with all that weighing on you, but then to also put you out 40 goals to be, again, one of the few kind of consistent pieces for this team. Um, testament to kind of him and, and how he carries himself and, you know, what what he had to do to kind of get through this very difficult stretch. So I give him an A-. minus Again, could be justified with giving him an A if you wanted to do that as well, but uh, those are my second-line grades. Yeah, I give Pasternak an A solely kind of for, again, 40 goals, but he also kind of battled, you know, he somehow found a way to get through what he went through this year, which was so trying uh, and would have been awful for anybody, no matter the person. So I went with uh, Pasternak for an A. Hala, I went with a B as well. Again, I thought that the fact that he was able to jump into that second line role, I know there was no production from him against the Hurricanes, but I'm not going to let that slip his grade too much. I mean, again, if I think if if he was nasty against the Hurricanes, you could probably even give him an A minus. Like just the fact that he exceeded expectations in the sense that he was able to step in and be a, a second line center. Um, but I think he's a kind of a gentleman's B. Good season out of him. Um, do I think he's your second line center going forward? I would hope not. 
I don't, I don't think that that is a stable path to winning and success. I think it's a great stopgap the way it was this year. Uh, but I don't know if he's your, I don't think he's your guy going forward uh, on that second line. Taylor Hall. I also gave a B. I gave Taylor Hall a B um, again, good, but I also look at a guy like Taylor Hall and I expect a little more. I mean, you remember him back in New Jersey. I know it was a season, but he was a huge play driver for them. He won the MVP. He was their guy. You'd like to see a little more of that out of Taylor Hall. And you saw that with Pasternak, but you also don't want to have to think, well, we got to put someone really good with Taylor Hall because in reality, Taylor Hall should be, you know, doing it himself, finding his ways to get production around him. So I was not, uh, I thought he hit expectations, but I just was left uh, wanting a little bit more out of him. So for me, I give him a B. So I think very similar grades on the second line. Safe bet that we might have some different grades on uh, the third and fourth lines, maybe on D as well. Uh, but a really safe bet is our good friends over at Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs. By the way, how about them Celtics? Damn, quite uh, not the, bad. Uh, yeah, quite the series against the Heat. Uh, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and, of course, your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's really easy to get started, so head to the website today or use your mobile device to sign up today and use your fi- use our promo code CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, use that promo code CLNS50. BetOnline, where the game starts. Stats, where the game stats. Speaking of stats and Boston accents, uh, someone I worked with in Atlanta heard me say Bahamas and said, oh, you have a Boston accent. I said, oh, I don't think I do. Um, not, Is that not really that. even a word that has like a, a Boston accent behind it? I don't think it d- is because I was thinking like other ways. So it has Bahamas, an H in it. Bahamas. Like I don't I don't know how you else how else you would say it. Unless he thought uh, you were saying like Bahaba. Bahamas, Bahamas. Yeah. No, Bahamas, like, Bar, like Bar Harbor, oh, Maine. Yes, Bar Harbor. And, and yes, and maybe Bahada. he thought that's what it was. Yeah, maybe that, but I, I think he knew I was saying Bahamas. And he's like, oh, then, you and I was, I'm like, how else do you say Bahamas? Um, so that was interesting. That was very interesting. A lot of Southern accents down there, by the way. Not No Boston accents. Can you believe that? No Boston shocking. accents down there. Just I you, was, apparently. Just me. I was just the one. It's actually funny. There was this um, walkway we were all walking on. Uh, that goes around the city and there was a girl in like an Al Horford is good shirt. So of course I was like, yo, damn right. And she's like, oh, thanks. And she like scurried away up like this, like path off of the walking path. Like she I thought like this creep. I'm like, yeah, you still was in an Al Horford is good shirt. I'm saying something, especially you gotta give a shout city. out. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Like I know it's I'm like nine o'clock at night, but like, you know, it, 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 that doesn't matter. Celtics, man. Celtics are the balls. Like, did you forget that? Yes. Um, I see it on my so, Instagram. I see it on my Instagram like stories 85 times for every game. Twitter, same thing. Yes. Like all the Celtics of the balls. That is, I, I wonder who was the, I think Steve Buckley did a story on this yes. a few years ago. Uh, who the, the, you know, the camera guy and who the guy was and like, what a shot that was. The fact that like, Hey, you know, 30 years later, that's going to be like the most <laughs> you know shared video on social media when it comes to the Celtics. Um, anyways, back to Bruin stuff. Third line, uh, Frederick Coyle and Smith. I don't know if this is the most controversial uh, line. I think this might be the one where there's the most differences. I'll give Trent Frederick a C. And the reason I give him a C is, again, not impressed with him and what he you know brought, especially down the stretch. But the fact that he fit in 
If you remember, think of how much we have um, not tra- we haven't trashed Trent Frederick, but our expectations were not very high. We didn't think he'd really ever even maybe make the lineup um, and contribute. And he did. He actually did. He fit in on that third line when they were really good from January through March. He was a solid part of that. I will give him it. Um, outside of that, stupid penalties, you know, just kind of questionable offensive production, defensive stuff. Not a huge fan. That's why he gets a C. But again, he did fit in. Now, again, that's another one like Hall. Is he a uh, long-term fit as the third line left winger? Probably not. I mean, I, I just think you have other options that you can go to there uh, that can fit in better. Um, but I give Trent Frederick a C. Charlie Coyle, I give a B minus. Again, I think he pulled his weight in terms of um, point production in most aspects. Um, I still am, you know, you, you still kind of just given what he makes, expect some second line production. And again, he just never fit with Taylor Hall. So again, the production was there always, but that fit wasn't. And I think, you know, I do kind of hold that against him because you do expect him to produce. Um, so I give him a B minus. I give Craig Smith a C minus. Again, just the production wasn't there. Um, for most of the year when it was, it was great, but that wasn't that long of a time that the production was there, um, completely dried up in the playoffs. And again, just, you know, I mean, the fact that we're, you know, people are talking about trading him now, I think kind of says all you need to know. Um, cause again, that's a guy who is supposed to be a reliable scorer and really wasn't this year. Um, so again, I give him a, a C minus. So yeah, not high marks of the third line. I think if they'd done better in the playoffs, it would have been a much different yeah scenario but if the fact that it was kind of very short-lived and then they dried up at the end of the season too yeah. so it was sort of just again short-lived and unfortunate for the Bruins yeah no I mean for me uh, Frederick I give a C minus again I think you were have to be encouraged by that kind of stretch that that whole line had where they seemed like they all were had gelled together and Frederick was kind of playing the way he needs to play which again you don't have to be this goon right you don't have to be this guy as Bruce Cad says you don't have to be a goof out there, which is like, again, like you can be effective when you're not chasing, you know, conflict. It's you're initiating kind of that, you know, those post whistle shots off of a hot check or just playing, you know, getting your nose dirty and those things like that. And there was far too many times where I think, whether it's the, as you said, the ill time penalties or just, you know, putting yourself in a bad spot, chasing a hit or what have you, where he found himself in the doghouse. And again, we can talk maybe later on about, whether or not Cassidy had too short of a leash for a guy like Frederick. But when, you know, you see how effective he was for that month, five week stretch there where he's on that third line and being playing effective hockey, then to kind of once again, fall down to those same bad habits down the final end of the season and in the playoffs, um, just very frustrating. It's a guy that, again, I don't know if he's going to be beyond a, a bottom six guy, but you expect at least at this point for him at his age and who's been through it to be more of a, a guy that knows what his identity is. And it still seems like he's dealing with kind of that identity crisis in terms of what he needs to do out there on the ice. So you hope he solves that. Um, uh, Coyle, I give a B minus two. I, I think a lot of it's probably influenced by, you know, that lack of production down the stretch and that contract. Um, and even though like him and uh, Taylor Hall didn't really fit that well, Coyle was still productive at the start of the year in that top six role. I think he had like 14 points in the first 21 games and, you know, give credit to him that after a dreadful 2020-21 season, he did look a lot better in terms of how he needs to play. You just wish more that production follows. I think at this point you have to just accept, you know, what Coyle is at this point where is he a 2C? No, but he could be a very effective 3C if the right pieces are in place, which 
guy that's making five two five million probably doesn't make Bruins fans happy, but I think that is what he is. And I think in the right role, he can still be a valuable piece of this team, but you just have to, I think, put the right pieces around him there. Um, and then like you, Smith, I gave a C minus. Um, again, for a guy that kind of look at his baseline numbers, right? He had 15 plus goals once again, uh, 35 plus points. But a lot of that was also off of a stretch where he had nine goals and 12 points in 11 games. So the remaining 63 games he played was 24 points. Not yeah. what you want out of a guy that, again, he's not a guy you're expecting to have 25, 30 goals, but he should be a, a you know, 15, 20, a, a more consistent guy out there as opposed to kind of being super hot and cold, especially in that third line where he should have been viewed as kind of the the finisher on that group, right? You've got a puck possession center and, and coil a guy that can floor check and Frederick needs someone to put the puck in the net. And far too often, I think Smith, whether due to injuries or what have you, um, just didn't live up to the bill there. So uh, that that's my grades for the third line. Yeah. Again, I, I as I said, just the expectations and the streaks just were not great for giving high marks. Uh, we'll roll through the fourth line quickly. Yeah. Um, Felino, Nosek, Lazar, what do you give them? Uh, let's see. So Lazar, I gave uh, a B plus in terms of what his role was. Um, again, guy that gets uh, not a lot of offensive zone time off of the course from both fourth liners and Bruce Cassidy system, but still was effective when he was out there uh, through his way around in the four check played kind of the style of play you want out of a fourth liner, but also had 16 points, career high eight goals. Uh, again, probably priced himself out of the market for the Bruins, but did what he, you need a guy like him to do uh, as kind of the driver there in the fourth line. Felino, maybe I'm being generous, gave him a D minus. You could make make the case that he deserves an F in terms of what the pay was. You don't pay close to $4 million a year for a guy that has two goals. Again, great dude. Bruins love him in the room, but you still need more from a guy if you're allocating that much cap space. Then Nosek, it's kind of a tough one. I gave him a C minus, which might be a little harsh, but I think for a guy that, again, He's not signed to be a 20 goal scorer, but as someone who you signed to be a consistent presence in there, yes, he's good on the PK uh, defensively accountable, but still you need a guy to finish on that fourth line as well. Kind of like Smith in that, in that role, higher up the lineup and two, go- you know, no goals after January 2nd, it's not going to cut it. I'm disappointed in your no set grade because that's probably maybe the hardest grade from the forwards. And we had the exact same grade. Damn it. I had had seen minus no sick too. I thought again, just as as what you said, like the role was fine, but you would have liked to see some more goals. And he was snake bitten. I mean, that dude like couldn't have put a puck in an empty net. Um, So that was him. I gave Nick Felino a D solely because I just think like, once you get below a back in like grades with grades in school, like once you get below like a 65, it's still just like, not good. You didn't pass. It wasn't good. Um, and then Curtis Lazar, I give a B minus. Again, I think, you know, played his role well, did his job. Um, you know, did what he had to do. I just didn't find the need to do a B or, or, or a B plus. Uh, I'm hustling a little bit to get to the defenseman because this is, I think, an interesting one. Um, I would be shocked if we did not have the same grade for Charlie McAvoy. I think we, um, I imagine we both have an A plus for this. Yes. Yes, I was going to say, if anyone, um, Charlie McAvoy is nasty this year. I think, you know, uh, I, I think if, you know, for Bruins fans, I think for the Bruins, he made every step you wanted him to take and more, I think this year, um, you know, I think he's going to be uh, the Norris trophy voting has not been uh, let out yet. I would imagine he'll be fourth. That's where he should be at least. Um, I think just the, the, the steps in his game offensively, 
I think he was even better against top uh, top talent this year. I think he was even better at uh, transitioning the puck out of his own zone. You saw him on the power play more. I know the power play had some issues at times, uh, but that was more when Pasternak went down. That wasn't really like McAvoy's wrongdoings. Um, so McAvoy to me is an A+. As for his partner, I will go with Hampus Lindholm. I'm not going to go with Grizzlick on this. I gave Lindholm a B plus solely because I just didn't think he, I didn't see enough of him. And that's something like, that's not his fault. Uh, but for me, I give Lindholm um, a B plus. I think he was terrific. That top pair of him and McAvoy looks legitimate. I think if there's any, I think there's a lot of uncertainty on this team. The fact that they can rely on a legitimate top pairing and Lindholm and McAvoy is very, very good uh, for years to come. So what do you give both? I know you gave McAvoy an A plus, but do you give Lindholm and you can even do the second pairing if you'd like. Yeah, sure. So yeah, McAvoy A plus, best player on the team should should have been a, a Norris Trophy top three finisher um, maybe yes. one day, but legit franchise defenseman. Lindholm, I'm going to give an A minus again. You could make the case I think for B plus just because there hasn't had a lot of tape out on him, but I think you look at what he brings to the team in terms of the ability to log heavy minutes, how he plays with McAvoy, which was a great development transition game. And I think one thing you didn't see enough from him again, small sample size, but in terms of the tangible offense, I think he can generate There's, you know, we talk a lot about transition and how it's, you know, sometimes it's the, the first pass that is the most important thing to orchestrating a chance. But I think a guy like Lindholm, who also is, you know, great in the offensive zone has a pretty good shot that you didn't see translate that much uh, during his time here so far, but I imagine that's going to be a point of emphasis for this team. And a guy like Lindholm is probably going to be relied on heavily for that. So uh, I think all around, uh, a great addition to this uh, D course. I'll give him an A minus. Uh, then it gets tough, right? Uh, I guess we'll do Grizzly Kahlo, right? Yeah. So, we'll... yeah. so Grizzly, I'll give a B minus. I think you can make the case for a, a B maybe, but I, I think it's tough because he's one of those guys that was dealing with a dislocated shoulder for most of, you know, from January onward. And I think probably the postseason leaves a bit of a sour taste in most Bruins fans mouths in terms of what Grizzly brings. But I still think he's a net positive for this team when he's playing his game. Uh, you know, still very good in transition, um, still can impact the game uh, positively when he has the puck on his stick or when he's moving it with authority, but kind of a lost season, I guess you maybe say for Grizzly, where as I think he's been the apple of the I eye. I was of common of, on the back end, by the way, lost season. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, again, he's a guy that has usually been a consistent presence. First kind of a blip, I think maybe of a season for him, but you hopefully with after shoulder surgery, he gets a clean bill of health, whether it be further down the depth chart where he's maybe sheltered a bit more, or maybe it's again, put him back with McAvoy when needed and get the, the best out of that pairing as well. I still think there's a place uh, for him on this decor, um, which again, we'll see what happens because that decor could be all reshuffled pretty soon. So, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I guess then we do Kahlo. Ooh, I'll do C, uh, not his best year. Uh, I think in terms of you look at kind of the factors that led to some of the disappointing returns for this team. Some of them, you look at injury, you look at, you know, new pieces and keep, you know, spots in the lineup, but Kahlo kind of taking a step back this year in terms of, especially after signing that contract, tough hit for the team. I was not to say that I think he's, you know, washed up or is a guy that's going to keep on kind of struggling with, you know, moving the puck or making some tough D zone miscues. But I think he's still a guy that hopefully you just burn the tape from this year. And, you know, whether it's another year removed from kind of that rough concussion filled season or what have you, that he can kind of refocus and get, uh, back into a groove because again, he's not going to be a offensive conduit, not going to be a flashy player, but you just need more 
of the smart, you know, simple plays that, you know, he was known to do and really kind of anchor that second pair, which didn't do nearly enough this season. Got to play more like a prick. As Bruce Cassidy said, that was Carlos thing. Never played enough like a prick. And again, you even see like some of those missed net front coverages, especially against the hurricanes was a legit issue. That is why I give uh, Brandon Carlo a C minus. I know low grade. That's what I give him. I just think that the expectations are so much higher and he isn't hitting them. I know there's injury issues. There's concussion history. I still think he's just not hitting his expectations and you need that. You really need that. Um, going forward because that is going to be an impossible contract to deal because now most teams know that he's struggling and most teams know they're not going to pay 4.1 million for that. Um, Gross. Like I give a C plus, I still would love to see him fit in on the power play a little bit better. Um, And again, I just think from an offensive standpoint, I know obviously, you know, the unfair thing for him was always, always next Tory Krug when he just wasn't like that wasn't these, they're such different players, but I would like to see a little more offense out of him. Um, and just again, like him with McAvoy is not a C plus, but him with Carlo, I would put more as a C plus. So a uh, little bit more out of him next season, I think. Um, but again, I, I understand giving him, you know, sort of a B B minus uh, in that range. I still think he's an important part of this team, um, as you said. So, you know, I think uh, hopefully he's um, a bit better next year and, and you know, not as, uh, you know, gets fixed up after his injuries from this season. Third pairing. Derek Forbert, I'll say Forbert and Connor Clifton. Um, and we can do Mike Riley as well, actually, in this. We'll, we'll group Mike Riley in. I give Derek Forbert a B. Give Derek Forbert a B. I think, again, like, the offensive side wasn't there, but never really was exp- – I, I don't think – like, I think they kind of gave him unfair expectations of, like, oh, you're going to be the next number one – you know, you're going to be the next number one guy. I give him a B because, again, he stepped up towards, you know, the second half of the season and in the playoffs as being, you know, just embraced his role. He's a legit – Shutdown defenseman. He can block a lot of shots. He's good in his own zone. So for me, I give him a B. I know that might be a little high, just given the fact that he never really panned out into a number one or, uh, you know, a number one left shot defenseman. But again, I just, I don't know. Un- I didn't understand why the Bruins were wanting that. They're not wanting that, but thought that given that he literally had never been that in his career. So it was a little unfair on their part. Uh, I'll give Connor Clifton a B minus. You know, again, like stepped up in the playoffs did his job, played his role. Um, so I give him a B minus Mike Riley, give a C minus. I give Mike Riley a C minus. I know that's a low grade, but again, just given the new contract, given how he played at the end of last season, or actually now that would be 2020, 2021, which is two seasons ago. Um, I just think the expectations were more for him. They weren't there. So those are my grades for the final three defensemen. Yeah, I, I do. Uh, I'll go with Fulbert and Clifton. I both gave B minuses Fulbert. Uh, I think definitely, you know, redeemed himself a bit in the postseason with, you know, his PK ability. I think he's still a, a very strong uh, penalty killer. Um, I do think, you know, he, I think was put in the wrong role to start the year. He's not top pairing guy, even when he's with a legit, you know, impact talent like McAvoy. Just put him on the third pair and leave him there and he'll do his job. Right. Like that's, I think, where he best benefits uh, further down the lineup. Um, and then Clifton, I think, is a guy that, um, again, you kind of know what you're getting at this point. There'll be stretches where you're like, whoa, Clifton, I think, is going to elevate his game. And then he has like a three, four game stretch. You're like, oh, might have to get a might have to get a sit for a couple of games. So, again, yes. his value and what he brings when he's on kind of playing to his strengths. Very effective, especially in a third pairing role. But kind of what you see is what you get with Clifton. Then Riley, I'll give a C. I think when when he's on playing his game, he's still effective. It's just you didn't see it nearly enough. And also, I think 
in terms of, you know, misfortune per 60 minutes, if that's a stat, every time there was like one misread with Riley out there, it was always in the back of the net. Like yes, every time there always. was, it was, it always unraveled, which not to say I'm trying to cut him some slack, but also yeah, every time something went wrong, anything could have gone wrong, went wrong for Riley. So I'd imagine, I don't know if he's going to be on the team next year, but really disappointing year, especially with how he played uh, last season. Misfortune for 60. If we start a hockey statistic website, so that, that'll be the, uh, that'll yes. be the, the stat. Uh, goaltending, the big goaltending. Uh, we'll go, we'll each give uh, one for each. So I'll start with Swayman because he did start more playoff games. I will say B. Jeremy Swayman was good this year, especially after uh, Tuka Rask retired. He was insane. He won February rookie of the month. Um, he was good in the first half of the year. Definitely took him some time to get acclimated, as we kind of expected. Um, and you kind of look at, you kind of expected that. So I, I don't have a huge issue with that. Uh, and given the way that he played in the postseason, given the way that he played down the stretch, I give him a B plus. I think there's definitely room to grow. There's a lot of potential there. So I, I'm encouraged by what I see. Uh, what would you give Jeremy Swayman? And then you can also give Linus Olmark. Yeah, I give Swayman a B plus. I think, as you said, for a rookie going into the year, uh, quite the statement to kind of seize that setting uh, role for this team. And again, had some lulls, as I think everyone expected in a rookie uh, rookie goaltender. But when he was on, he was locked in. And I think when you see how he played, you know, fighting through things in the postseason, um, his poise, all very encouraging signs. There weren't any red flags that you kind of look ahead. And for a team that has a lot of uncertainty going forward, one guy that shouldn't really scare you is a guy in swimming and how he can build off of this year. So I gave him a B plus. Oh, Mark, I'll give a B. I think, you know, he, there were some times where I think he kind of – got a lot of unnecessary hate in terms of, you know, he wasn't swimming uh, and had a, a rough start to the year, but there was plenty of times where, whether it be in late November, December, where the team was kind of scuttling and he you know, upped his game to then the there was final that game end. in Colorado. Yes. There, and he, there they lost like it, that. but that was, they were only in it because of him. Yeah. So there was that stretch there uh, right before kind of the, the new year where he kind of really built them out. And then down the stretch, the regular season where he sees kind of the starting role in the playoffs, like he elevated his game at key times for this team. So is he the one, you know, your set franchise goalie? No, but in terms of what, what he brings, I still think that tandem and net is something you can build off of going forward. So I give, the, I give him a B. We had the exact same grades in that. I had a B for Allmark as well. Again, I also look at, again, as you said, he gets hate because of the contract. People say they should have got somebody better. But the reality is every time there was an issue in net, every time Swayman was going through a lull, Allmark was consistent. I mean, he was kind of, again, like the money ball quote, first one through the wall always gets bloodied. He was always kind of the first one through, especially in the postseason, taking the brunt of those first two games against Carolina. So uh, to me, I think he's valuable. I do. I, I, I just think you, he's consistent. He's good. He's also got some potential. Like that's a guy who, again, in Buffalo always showed the underlying numbers always showed he was really good. And he was solid this year. Like, I don't, I don't have anything like I did. I never thought like what a waste of money that guy is. And I think a lot of people did think he was, and I, I understand it. They look at that at face value. They think he should have been, you know, the next Tuka Rask, but the reality is he never was supposed to be. It was supposed to be kind of platooned as they did. And it worked out well. So those are our grades for the, for the year. Those are, you know, we're Mr. Ryan. And I guess Mr. Baranofsky, professor Ryan, I guess, professor Maronofsky. Hell no. I feel like it's, I feel like if I was a teacher, I'd want to just be called Evan. Just call me by my name. Don't call me by my last. You're, name. you're the cool sub. Yeah, the cool sub. The guy cool who brings a TV cut in, just watches like Coach Kata instead of like yes. teaching <laughs> like covalent bonds. One thing I've noticed, uh, by the way, like a lot since a lot of my friends have graduated and gone into teaching, a lot of times when the teacher would bring in like a TV in elementary school or like do like silent reading time, they might have been hungover. 
I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna sit no. there and like, you know, throw out allegations. They might no. have been hungover. No, no they, they just love watching Coach Carter. <laughs> so, I mean, no disrespect. Great movie, but <laughs> they loved, they loved, uh, they love watching Magic School Bus. That was yes. uh, that was their favorite thing to watch on like a Tuesday morning. Uh, loved my teachers, by the way, in elementary school. I'm not like disrespecting them in any way. I'm just Shutting, saying, like, Framingham also, Public Schools. Oh yes, the best, uh, as good as they get. But that was kind of like a realization I had uh, since uh, my friends have graduated, some have become teachers. Anyways, Connor. Where can the people find your stuff? And you're also doing some Celtic stuff that people should look forward to as well. Yes, all that stuff you can find over at bostonsportsjournal.com. Uh, as you said, Evan, I'll have some Celtic stuff as they head over to the NBA Finals and play the Warriors. And then, again, it's the offseason for the Bruins. We're going to have continued content, whether it's grades, looking ahead to free agent targets, trades, all that good stuff, all over at bostonsportsjournal.com. So subscribe at BSJ. Want to follow me on Twitter? You can do that at Connor Ryan underscore 93. Go do all that. For CLNS Media, I'm Evan Marinovsky. You Bruins Pete listeners have a great rest of your week.